Hello and welcome to KIOS at the Movies. I'm your host, Joshua LeBure, and today we're talking about the film Love is a Map with filmmaker Ryan Ballas. Sweet one, how can we end our poem? I don't know that it's possible. Our conversations go on and on inside my mind. Love is a Map is a micro-budget film that punches above its weight. With intentional and beautiful cinematography, and a script loaded with longing and complicated relationships, filmmaker Ryan Ballas weaves a heartbreaking and yet easy-to-watch and meditative film about lost love, grief, and how relationships change over time. My favorite thing about the film is how much it dives into the contradictions of what it is to be human, holding loss and hope at the same time, how we can hold love and discontent simultaneously. As I've had time to marinate on the film, the dialectics in the film just continue to strike me. It's anchored by beautiful cinematography from Ballas and a strong script from him as well, and some incredible performances from Kristen Guerin and Sarah Traceman as well. I really wanted to dive more into this film, so I reached out to my friend and the director of Love is a Map, Ryan Ballas, who just recently went through some big changes in his life and moved from Queens to Hudson, New York. I moved out of New York City about a week before the pandemic, uh, circumstantially, and moved up to a town called Hudson in the Hudson Valley. Uh, It's about 100 miles north of where I used to live in Queens, and I'm in a really cool old building uh, my studio, my brother and I have a, a production company and our studio is uh, in the Riverhouse Project, which is an old building that was once an elementary school and I think some sort of factory. And it was uh, renovated by this awesome uh, couple, Melissa and Tony, but Melissa used to play bass in uh, the band Hole. Originally called Love is a Map, Buried in the Wind, which was a line in a poem that Ballas wrote. The idea for the film started with two characters that he had in his head for a long time. It was these two women that I imagined were in love and hadn't seen each other in a long time. And they were both at a New Year's party. Now, that's not in the film, but that's sort of the world that they sort of came to me in. And I just saw one of them standing by a window looking out. She hasn't been drinking in a while, but now she's drinking. And the other one is sort of the life of party. She comes bursting in. They catch each other's eye and everything that they used to feel kind of comes flooding back. So that was sort of the jumping off point for Love is a Map. And uh, the film itself takes place over a long weekend uh, where one of them would like to, has asked the other to join her as she buries the ashes of her husband. It is a film about sort of a second chance at love, which sounds kind of silly, but, but also about kind of keeping the fire alive in your own life And when things kind of are a mess, how uh, even a complicated relationship can be meaningful and ground you in something. Being someone who has seen most of Ryan's films, I noticed that this one feels a little bit different than ones from recent past. To me, the word that came to mind was airy. Although it deals with some heavy subjects, it feels easy to live in. I know. I, I, I've, maybe I've softened up now. <laughs> I've lost my edge. No, well, no, I, it's not a, it's not a critique because I think it's a beautiful. It's just an observation. I just think because it was such a, a beautiful approach to a film, and it felt very caring and loving. Um, even though it's about like obviously like strained relationships and some very hard. Um, mm-hmm. topics yeah I think I wanted to make 
the previous film I had made, XXX, is a divorce film while I was actually going through a divorce. And uh, as beautiful as that experience of making that film was, it was deeply complicated and really uh, hard emotionally. And I was making it basically during the middle of lockdown and pandemic hysteria. And it was nice to make a film that could be emotional based in fiction <laughs> and uh uh i'm referring to love as a map and 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 something that could be a little more poetic and airy as you say uh but still have sort of a lot of depth and and deal with complex relationships in the past ryan's films mostly did long takes and worked with a loose script but with this film he wanted to honor the script that he wrote more so than usual uh, i made a film hymns a couple of years ago that was that i co-wrote uh with my friend mark and the edit is just so much different than the script. We honored the script in many ways, but we really restructured the film in the edit, which it needed. Uh, and that was a co-written project. Uh, and then I had made a film several years ago called Everyone Says They Look Just Like Her. That was, uh, which I actually think Love is a Map is almost a close relation to, for some reason. It's almost like a spiritual sequel. The characters aren't the same, but they there's something about that kind of uh, poetic uh, hangout film you know, I'm trying to elevate a little bit uh, so the visual language can be a little more um, structured or have a little more and the edit can be a little tighter, a little bit sharper, but I'm still wanting to feel like it's lived in. That's the thing uh, that I'm looking for in all the work that I'm doing. So even if we're doing something scripted, I want it to really feel lived in. So sometimes that means lingering shots, but other times uh that just means allowing the performances to have a little breath. Yeah, I definitely noticed more coverage in this film than usual. Which for people that aren't <laughs> filmmakers, that just means like, uh, you know, cutaways when people are talking and and different angles mm. like during conversations and stuff like that. So I actually did notice that uh, it seemed more scripted than than some of the other films I've seen. Um, yeah, for sure. Which I thought is like something I've been thinking about a lot lately as a filmmaker myself of of playing around with that more because I've also been kind of in that camp of lots of improv lots of long oneers like one like letting scenes play out in one shot mm -hmm. um so it was fun to see you uh doing that in this film well it was something too i had to i cast strangers essentially uh in the two lead roles and the world has changed since i've made the last films with the people that were like closest to me that knew me very well there's a sort of inherent trust system built in and so i knew that like if i was going to make a personal film that still felt intimate about love uh and sexual relations like i needed it to have something tangible i guess to some extent that someone could something that someone could read to really understand that could like help sh like share my point of view right out of the gate and obviously it's script is great for that uh when you're improvising you rely so much on on this like sort of it takes a lot longer to build that like trust system and i just wanted to create something that was a jumping off point and like i just knew that i had to like make a film like it was time to like do something that like all right here's your blueprint just go and make this just make it stick to it like own it and i think doing that gave me a lot of freedom that i hadn't had i, I was just thinking a lot about how like for every film, I sort of like to box myself in, in some form, have a set of rules. And I'm not precious about those rules. I break them, but like giving myself a form in which to work helps a lot. Uh, actually gives me a lot of freedom. As scripted as this film was, there are some great improv scenes, which I just love. Uh, but I'm so grateful that they live within these like tightly scripted scenes 
and world and because it allows them to feel when they come alive to really feel alive uh, and not to feel like the scripted stuff isn't alive, but it just gives, I don't know, it just gives it a little more, I mean, structure, structure, structure. The other big divergence for this film was rather than editing himself, Ryan had his brother, Alec, edit the film. And he is an editor at by trade and he and I have very different sensibilities. I like the long meditative film stuff and he likes things to move and he cuts commercials and he just has a different sensibility more I would argue more commercial sensibility and so it was really nice to like he cared a lot about the film he was on set he did the sound but he it, it, he didn't play into my worst sort of instincts <laughs> he allowed it to like like be about performance be about story and ultimately too I shoot my own movies for the most part with some exceptions I'm very critical of that and so like oftentimes I'll cut the most beautiful movie in the world in my mind but I've cut out story and performance in for the sake of like a gorgeous shot or a gorgeous you know like perfect cinematography he knows kind of my cinema my cinematography well enough to to know where I'm going with it so he allowed it's still it still was in pursuit of like creating a great visual story, but it was ultimately like that was second to the other stuff, which I really needed. I was curious to hear more about the casting of this film. Yeah. So something that's happened uh, in the last two years is that it's mostly video casting now, which it used to be like you sit in a room, you get to know people, they walk in, like you notice, like I've cast, I've helped cast. I mean, I've cast all my own films, but usually they've been friends and, and, and people close to me or friends of friends and this, and I, but I, but I've been part of a casting period when I was doing other films that I've shot. So for my friend, Danny Armando, Nova Nova's productions, like I shot a bunch of his films and we, I was in the casting room for a lot of that stuff. And it was really nice just to like the first sort of, you know, you, you see someone walk in and the way they walk in or with the way they interact with you kind of helps uh, create a uh, nice, I don't know, you get a sense of who they are and then they read the lines and you see people read the lines all day and it's sort of, I don't know. I think it's it's very helpful. But in this case, we had to do all video casting, which I've been doing for two years anyway with my commercial production company, you know, casting for hands or faces to smile for food commercials. And so uh, I've been used to that process and I actually like it in a way because it's sort of intimate. They're, they're, we're, you're seeing them on camera, you know, you are seeing like what it's going to be like. And I was pretty much cast for the film. And then it wasn't going to work out with one of the uh, actors for one of the leads. And so my friend who's this, he's a, uh, he used to be my former neighbor. He's an acting he's a TV actor. He does uh, coaching. He was like, Hey, you've got to see this person, Sarah uh, Traceman. I coach, I coach them. She's great. And so I had to do a tape and she was phenomenal. Like blew my mind. And so I was initially going to offer her a smaller role. And then I was like, I can't make a, this movie without you being one of the lead roles. I just can't do it. And I'm just so grateful uh, because both of both Kristen and Sarah, who are the two leads, just they both came through a natural casting process, but they really became like trusted confidants uh, and, and definitely film family, people who I want to keep making movies with. Uh, and they were so open to the wackiness of how I like to make movies. Like when I wanted to do improv, they were down to do improv and they, they insisted uh, on a little bit of rehearsal ahead of time, which goes against some of my initial instincts. And I'm so glad we did it. Even just to sit down and read it together was so helpful, so nice. So they really pushed me as, as two really wonderful professional actors uh, in a way that I hadn't, you know, because I'd been working in this like friend system for a long time, I, I had disregarded a lot of the normal processes, you know, rehearsal and 
uh, readings and, and stuff. You do table reads ahead of time. And because it was scripted, I was so glad to kind of go back to that stuff uh, and really, you know, discover the benefits of those things. The, the, sh the short of it is, the short answer is, Casting is a really magical process that I love a lot because you got you start to see your characters come to life. And the two leads here really wear the emotions and the pain and the confusion that they're going through. They both work a lot in theater as well. And uh, so they brought, but they have great film chops, film technique chops, but they brought so much to the language of the film, which as you said, it's, it's pretty poetic. When I write, I tend to probably write a little too uh you know hard on my sleeve and they really brought a lot of they really rooted the the more poetic language in something that was um real and meaningful which i just am so grateful for ryan on where you can see the film so the movie is coming uh is going to premiere uh in durham north carolina at a festival that i love called out south uh Formerly the, the North Carolina Gay and Lesbian Film Festival. They're now called Out South, Out South Queer Film Festival. And uh, Jim Carl, who is the programmer there running the show for the most part, has been an incredible champion of my films over the years. Uh, and I'm just so grateful to be going back there and playing the film there. It plays in, a, in uh, August, uh, the weekend of the 11th through the 14th at the Carolina Theater, which is a gorgeous historical theater. Um, so we're gonna premiere it there and then hopefully we'll have a festival run after that. Uh, and then I'm hoping that it will come out on VOD. Uh, I partner with a company called Film Hub uh, to put it out in either the, the late fall or early winter, but I'd like to get it out by the end of the year so that I can start building a real audience online where the movies have been living for a while now uh, and have done quite well. So I, I just want people to see it. I want to show it to as many people as possible. And quite frankly, for a while I was like, bummed out about the film festival circuit just in general like i have a hard time cracking it hard time breaking in the films are weird personal movies so i was getting a little disgruntled but uh i missed it so much I'm, i really miss it and i'm just going to be glad to see the movies that i make in person with people in a theater like that's going to be i'll probably cry i'll probably <laughs> I, I cry at a lot of things these days but that will that's going to be a, a big uh moment i think for this tiny film that we made in my house over the summer so if you want to see ryan cry go to out south film <laughs> festival and see love is a map <laughs> or just follow me on instagram stories sure <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll validate that Recently, one of our favorite DIY filmmakers and kind of the godfather of the quote-unquote mumblecore movement, Joe Swanberg, started a kind of a personal streaming site for his films and for some of his friends' films at special.tv slash joeswanberg or joeswanberg.com. And I noticed some of Ryan's films were on there. Yeah, so he's doing a retrospective of, of, of like, I don't know, 11 or 13 of my films. So there's a chunk on there now, and it's going to grow uh, over the next month or so. Um, and I'm really, really excited about that. This is uh, a filmmaker I've admired his work for a really long time. Uh, and he's been a friend to me and has been in some films. He's just, uh, I just think he always thinks about the world and filmmaking differently and distribution differently than a lot of people and what he's doing with the site, sort of with the long, the big, the long tailed version of it. The He called it sort of a 10 year plan. Like I, I think that there is, going to be something really cool there and so i'm just so grateful to be even on for the, the moment as a little retrospective and it's great because it's not very often you get to like see all your body of work in one place and 
and especially the work that I made in like the last 10 years all kind of uh, put up in that way next to filmmakers that I admire so much. So uh, yeah, if, if you're interested in the films, like become a subscriber and, and watch them. Uh, you can see like my life uh, unfold over a decade. And I think it's pretty, pretty beautiful thing. I'd like to thank my friend Ryan Ballas for joining me today. Love is a Map is making its way around film festivals and then coming to VOD probably this fall. If you want to see more of Ryan's work and find out when you can see Love is a Map, go to the show notes for information on where to follow Ryan. For KIOS, I'm Joshua LeBure.